0: We exalt the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your wonderful plan of redemption. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for carrying it out. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that indwells us. We thank you, Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. But even more than that, Father, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice that you would open the eyes of their spiritual understanding, that they would see and know who you've made them to be through the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for raising us up and for using us in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Hope everybody's got a great day planned and uh, enjoys time with your family. I want to start in Ephesians chapter 6 this morning, verse 10. Paul says, finally, my brethren, he's summing up the things that he's written to the Ephesians in this letter. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand or withstand against the wiles of the devil. We've talked about this word wiles, but I think it bears repetition. The word wiles means traveling over. In other words, it's telling us that there's one road that the devil travels. One and only one road that he travels, and that's the road of deception. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the deception of the enemy. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand or withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all or over all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of the salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Paul has written what many consider to be his masterpiece letter to the church. And he sums it up by talking about, by encouraging believers, Christians, to be strong in the Lord. Now notice it doesn't say anything about strong in yourself. A lot of people have the idea that God makes some people stronger than others. And it's just that way because that's the way God set it up. But being strong in the Lord is a choice. It's something that you choose to do. When Paul writes these instructions or this admonition to the church, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, he knows who he's dealing with. And folks, in the days of the early church, the days that these letters, these epistles are written, very few people could read. They didn't have Bibles they didn't have parchment or, or any written form that they could take with them. Whenever Paul would write a letter to the church, church history informs us that it was such a big deal to have a letter from the Apostle Paul, and primarily because they didn't have anything else. They didn't have any written doctrine. They didn't have any, any well, they didn't have the Bible in any form whatsoever, Even the Old Testament, the Jews, primarily the Orthodox Jews, were the only ones that had copies of anything that transpired in the Old Testament. And so people were without just about anything or everything except the Spirit of God on the inside of them. So when Paul talks about being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, he's encouraging them to be strong in the knowledge of the things that he identifies. For example, when he talks about the, the, uh, the armor itself, he sp- starts off talking about having our loins girt about with truth. Well, what's he talking about? What truth? The truth of who we are in, in Christ. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. They didn't have scriptures that they could remind themselves of day by day by day. Meditating in the Word was a different situation for them than it is for us. They were instructed to meditate in the truth that they had been taught about being the righteousness of God, but they had no smartphones or iPods or iPads to look it up, to remind themselves. They had to choose to to take these things and remember these truths. You remember Jesus said in John chapter 8 to those uh, who believed on him, the Jews that believed on him, he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth comes from, freedom comes from, a knowledge of the truth of God's word. But they didn't have any form, written or otherwise, of the Bible. They just had to remember what things had been preached to them, what things had been taught to them. That's how they put on their breastplate of righteousness. They had to accept without the benefit of looking at Scripture day after day after day. They just had to simply choose whether to believe what they had heard and to stand on it. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. They had to recall these things that were taught to them. These things that were preached to them. And accept them. To choose to accept them. Folks, a the big controversy today is this, corona, uh, this COVID-19 virus. The reason that we're not able to gather together today is because of this virus. It's almost the virus that never was because the lockdowns and all the things that have taken place, social distancing and everything else have come from and were created by hysteria from a faulty model that was used by people that that were supposed to know how these things go. Well, the country was shocked into fear. There's not so much fear associated with it now, though because we have enough experience to know the truth about these things. And so now we've got people all over the the country, a lot of them here in Southern California, that are protesting and rising up and saying, our our rights and our freedoms shouldn't have been taken away because of this. Because the model that was used, the estimate of 2.2 million Americans that would die from this disease, and the 21,000 people that would be hospitalized and, and overrun the healthcare system, None of those things came to pass. We're finding out more and more about what things really are concerning this dreaded disease. And the, the number of people that have died from this, it's tragic for sure. But it doesn't even compare to some of the numbers about other things that have caused people's lives to end. And so here we are, we've been paralyzed by fear. And now people are waking up and people are starting to to rise up because now they have more knowledge. They have knowledge of what really is going on and how things really take place and how this this uh, virus transmits from one person to another. And so the fear has, by and large, been knocked back. And people are standing up and demanding things open up. I'm sure you've heard about the the group of pastors here in Southern California that have signed letters and sent letters to the the governor requesting and and maybe even stronger than that, maybe demanding that the doors to the churches open up or they be allowed to open up on May the 31st. Folks, i got to tell you, I'm not too concerned about when we open back up. And the reason for that is because a lot of the people that are screaming for the churches to open back up are really looking for the church to... Withdraw and hold themselves, hide themselves like a, a turtle draws his head back into his shell. I think it's better for us to be in the world. I think it's better for us to be a light and a witness um, in and among other people. I think that's much more valuable than just being able to come and sit together. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to it as well. And I think it should happen. I don't ever think it should have stopped, to be perfectly frank. But if the church just withdraws out of the world without having the benefit or bringing about the beneficial results of reaching people and getting people saved and showing them the things of God and teaching them the truth of the Word of God, then what do we have? You know, the Bible tells us the story of Esther, how that her uncle, a devout Jew, shared with her, How that she was born for such a time as existed in this story. In other words, he told her, God made you gorgeous, drop dead gorgeous for a reason. So that the king would want you as his queen. And so that you could share with him about what was being done to the Jews and save them. And she did. Well, what if the same thing is true for us today? I want to read a scripture to you from... Acts chapter 8, and show you a little bit about church history and how things work. Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, it said, And Saul was consenting unto unto his death, talking about the death of Stephen in the previous chapter. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great great lamentation uh, over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women committed and committed them to prison. Therefore, verse 4, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. I want you to see that the word wouldn't have spread the way that it did if it hadn't been for the persecution that came against the church. Now I know that's not the way anybody would like it to be. I know that we would all prefer to just live comfortable lives, have everything we want down here on this earth, and then Jesus come back and take us home. That sounds especially good right now. But folks, a lot of times it's the adversity and the things that that rise up against us that reveal who we really are and what we really have on the inside of us. I know that for 34 years, or well, 36 years, for 30 something years, whenever we started. I know that I've been teaching the truth of the Word. And we've heard, we are hearing reports of people that were surprised to find what they had on the inside of them to help somebody else with. But, folks, the Word is the issue, the Word is the source of strength. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Abraham didn't have a list of the promises God gave them other than in his his memory. He was operating alone to stand on the promises of God. Wouldn't it have been nice, I'm sure he would have preferred if he were able to pull up his Bible app on his iPad and read more about God and his provision and God's plan for mankind. But it was just the truth and only the truth that they had committed to their hearts. This was true in Jesus' day, too. Jesus preached the truth and then told his disciples that the Holy Ghost would bring to their remembrance the things that he said. But they didn't have the Bible in any written form. They didn't have any way to operate on uh, anything other than a recall of their memory. The Bible tells us a lot about David being a man after God's own heart. What David wrote a great many of the Psalms. What we know of as the book of Psalms. It's really Israel's uh, song book. It was made up of five different books. We've condensed them, and the King James translators condensed them into one. But think of how significant that was. David had no Bible to operate from. The songs that David wrote and sang, and it was an unusual thing that David would even be educated enough to write these things down but these were things that just poured from his heart these are things that he chose to dwell on and thank god the holy ghost gave us a record of them i'm going to read from psalm 37 a psalm of david he said fret not thyself because of evildoers neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of the man who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked, wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord. They shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while and the wicked shall not be. Yea thou shalt diligently consider his place. And it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnashes upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bow shall be broken." A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume, into smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and and payeth not again, but the righteous show his mercy and, and gives. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsakes not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land. That's about the third or fourth time he said this in this psalm. And dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, and none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passes away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright. For the seed of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. And he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Here's a psalm that just poured forth out of David's heart. This apparently took place. He wrote this or spoke these words. When he was an old man and when he was serving as the king of Israel. But there were other psalms that he wrote when he was just a young boy, shepherd boy in the field. He had to draw from the things that were on his heart that God administered to him. As I've said before, neither he nor hardly anybody else at that point in time had a copy of, anything that would, uh, a copy of any of the word of God, the law or the prophets. And so he spoke from his heart. And gave us songs and psalms to encourage us, to help keep us steady. I'm going to read another one to you from Psalm 27. Here's another psalm of David. Verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in time of trouble he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies, round about me, Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation." I love that verse 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to read another one to you. In Psalm 34, this is after David acted like he was insane to escape one of the, the kings of Israel's enemies. After he got away or was sent away, here's the Psalm that he wrote, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers him. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loves many days, that he see, may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut them off or to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of broken heart and saveth such that be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all of his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate righteousness shall be desolate. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Folks, God expects us to live a life of praise. He's promised to deliver us in any and every situation from every evil. But he expects us to live a life of praise. First Thessalonians chapter 5 It says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything, not for everything, but in in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When Israel found themselves in trouble, when Israel found themselves in distress, whenever they put God first and called upon him, he delivered them. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, here's one of my favorite, favorite stories in all the Bible. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab... And the children of Ammon, and with them others besides the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea, on this side Syria. And behold, they be in some place which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, here's his prayer. I love this prayer. This is a prayer that works. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And rulest thou not over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art thou not our God who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to thy seed? The seed of Abraham, thy friend forever, and they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for my name, thy name, saying, "If when evil comes upon us, as with the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help." That's the promise God made to them. So he says, And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldst not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession. They didn't even call it their own. They called it God's. To cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. And you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not nor be dismayed, for tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his face, his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God; so shall you be established." Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitudes. And behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. That means the last two that were left had to kill themselves with a, uh, the same blow. For there not to be one left alive. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Over and over again, the Bible talks about people, the enemies of Israel, turning on each other and destroying them. The Bible talks in Proverbs about the wicked man that digs a pit will wind up falling into his own pit. I think that's a lot of what's happening in today's, in this world period but specifically in america i believe there are things that the lord has prepared us with prepared us by his word to enter into and to operate in in a much greater degree than ever before i'm seeing strength in people that i wouldn't have guessed to be strong whatsoever i'm seeing spiritual strength in people that uh, it was completely unexpected from from my perspective and from where i stand We have the strength of God's Word. And folks, there's nothing that's greater than that. There's absolutely nothing that's greater or more powerful than the Word of God. I'm going to close with this. I'd like for you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Again, Paul is writing to the church. People that don't have Bibles. Beginning in verse 17, he says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. How are they going to do that? They've got to put something into their heart for the Holy Ghost to use to give them psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There has to be an acceptance of the truth of God's Word. There has to be a commitment to put God's word first for these things to take place. But folks, part of the reason that the Holy Ghost gives us this instruction, and if it was good enough for them, it's certainly good enough for us, is because they didn't have anything to relate to. They didn't have anything to refer to. They just simply had to trust the Holy Ghost to bring to their remembrance the truth that had been preached to them. And that was what Paul talked about speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's what David did with the word that he had put in his heart. That's why David was able to, to produce so many psalms and songs under the Lord. They re, these people really had to live by the word that they had put in, within themselves. I think we take for granted a lot of things. In fact, I'll have to say this. I've heard from some people that want to come back to church that never seemed to care too much about it before now they're excited to get the church back open well when that happens I'm sure there'll be a a great influx of people for a while but then some folks will forget they'll go back to their daily lives and the the things that are facing them just the daily cares of this world that's not how God intended for us to live folks we need to have a song in our hearts We need to be speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's the only way they could have meditated on the word. That's all there was. He goes on to say, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we quoted before from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul wrote to the church and said, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing and in everything, not for everything, but in in everything give thanks. But this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So being filled with the Spirit means speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto the God and Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, the third characteristic he identified has to do with the Word of God, walking in love, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. in some ways I don't want this thing to end because people are having to dig down and find what was really on the inside of them what they put on the inside of them at the time and a lot of people are being surprised by that because they're finding out that they were stronger than they thought they were others are finding out just the opposite they thought they had a handle on it but they hadn't really committed it to their heart but these are great days for us these are the days that were prophesied these are the days of the Uh, precious fruit of the earth coming in these are the days of the holy spirit manifesting himself in signs and wonders and miracles these are days where we find out the the power of god's word in our lives and in our mouths and in our actions this is something to be excited about folks These are not days to shirk from or to to pull away from. These are days where we've got the, the promise of the Holy Ghost more than ever before. To see us through. To bring us into the revival that was prophesied. I really believe that's what this is about. I really believe that when this lockdown ends, whenever it is, this month, next month, whenever... When that ends, we'll see other things very similar to this coming soon behind it. Because certain people have gotten a taste of power that they never had before. And they're not going to be willing to give that up. So we're going to have to be on our guard. And we're going to have to use the spiritual strength that God gave us for the purpose that he gave it to us. Praying. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance for all saints pray without ceasing in everything give thanks that's our job folks we don't wrestle against flesh and blood even though flesh and blood is being used by the influence of the devil no question about that but people aren't our problem people aren't our enemies The wrestling we have is against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness in, in rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in higher heavenly places. Let's use the word of God and walk in victory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the truth of your word. We thank you for the spiritual strength that it brings us. How privileged and how blessed we are to live in a day where we have the Word of God at our fingertips. But Lord, don't let our ease, our technological advances, lead us away from that which is most important, and that is putting the Word of God in our hearts. It's not good enough just to have it in front of our face. Thank God we do have that. But Lord, impress upon us to speak your Word To speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody unto you. To meditate in your word. To say and speak your word again and again and again. So that it becomes rooted in our hearts. So that nothing could take it away. Father, we see these are days where everything in this earth, nations and kings, world leaders shall be shaken like never before. But thank you, Father, that we are in your unshakable family. And the word has made us unshakable. Father, we thank you for the signs and wonders and miracles to be done in our day. We thank you for giving us boldness to speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Father, help us to be Aware that the attacks against us are opportunities to prove the power of your word. We pray these things believing, Father, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Well, Folks, once again, happy Mother's Day. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. There's no uh, live stream service tonight because of Mother's Day. So join us again on Wednesday night if you can. God bless you. We love you.